0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Got to take a quick pause because one of our absolute favorite people, just straight up people who we worked with at Sports Illustrated, hands down, is John Wertheim. He's an award-winning journalist. He's the executive editor and senior writer at Sports Illustrated. He's a correspondent for 60 Minutes. He's also the executive producer of a docuseries called Rivals, which basically chronicles famous rivalries and gets into the psychology behind it. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Congrats on the docuseries uh, Rivals tonight. The Michigan-Ohio State episode airs at 11 p.m. on Big Ten Network. How you been, John?
2: Oh, that's such a nice intro. You know, I I feel bad taking up your time when we could talk uh, Zach Wilson and World Cup. Um, How are you guys? (laughs) Oh, we can get to all that.
1: We can get to all that. If you've got a thought on Zach Wilson, we want to hear it. But first with Ohio State-Michigan, because the the documentary, the docuseries is awesome. It goes through famous rivalries. What makes Ohio State and Michigan unique amongst all of the other rivalries that you looked at?
2: I think some of it is the history. They've been doing this for, for more than a hundred years. Uh, you know, same. We'll see. We'll see if it holds with new playoff formats and um, going forward. But you know, every Saturday Thanksgiving weekend for more than a century, these two teams have played. I think some of it is the proximity that you have these two schools and they're a couple hours away from each other. Same conference, neighboring states. The states are actually fairly similar, and yet there is this real tribalism, as there so often is in rivalry. And this is, you know, this is the first in, in a series. I mean, it actually started with sort of the, the Federer-Nadal documentary we did a few years ago. And it was like, okay, here are these individual athletes, but let's let's apply this to sports and then team sports. And we thought, you know, what, what better way to kick this off than with Ohio State Michigan?
3: John, I, you know, one of the things you do so well is you put things in sort of societal frames. So in the documentary, you talk about sort of I don't know, divisions among Americans. Is it healthier to work it out on the football field in <laughs> Columbus, Ohio? I mean, I think I know the answer. Or do you get into some of the negative tribalism that you see in other parts of our country?
2: You, you know, at, at its core, like rivalry and competition should be awesome, right? But why don't we like monopolies? Because they thwart competition and... Why do we like democracy and and two-party democracy? Um, Competition brings out the best in us. It's really healthy. It leads to ideas. Um, In sports, I mean, this is empirically. Like the social science, Dave Epstein will tell you that um, the best performances come when the opponent is a rival and not just a normal conference opponent. You know, Ohio State empirically will play better against Michigan and vice versa than they will against Purdue and Minnesota and Iowa. Um, The flip side is that rivalry, and you're right, we we see this in uh, arenas other than sports. Rivalry leads to tribalism, and rivalry at at its most extreme leads to war, and rivalry can get really ugly. I, I think, you know, honestly doing this project I think you, you you know Michigan fans hate Ohio State and whoever beats Ohio State is their favorite team that week and vice versa and they have the bumper stickers you know only Satan lets their kid go to Ann Arbor and all. <laughs> but I, I think like at the end of the day and I think I got this um you know talking to athletes but also fans I, I think there's at some level this recognition that we are better for the existence of this rivalry. And, and I may hate Ohio State more than any other team, but deep, deep down, I kind of am glad Ohio State exists and vice versa. And I think that's something that, you mm. know, probably we could all stand to uh, pause. You know, I, mean, I, I think at, at some level, like we, we don't want to live in a, a one-party country. I mean, it's at some level, they get it in Columbus and they get it in Ann Arbor that I can put up my bumper sticker about how much I hate Ohio State. But at the end of the day, I kind of realize I benefit for the existence of this rivalry. I kind of like that it exists. i kind of glad this isn't just a normal Big Ten game the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. That's something that I think, um, you know, is, it's a little gentler in sports than it is in the country at large right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I love Michigan, Ohio State. I have no connection to either state. But today on SportsIllustrated.com, I'm reading our buddy Michael Rosenberg warning us, that it expands to the 12 playoff teams is going to kill all the rivalries, including Ohio State-Michigan. Do you buy that, John?
2: You know, it, it's funny. I, I had thought about that in terms of the transfer portal. Mm. And, you know, if if you can only, you know, if you're basically doing one-year shopping, or, or if you're not just winning games against your rival, but you're poaching their roster, what does that do to a rivalry? But, no, I mean, I, I would happily, you know, Feel free to watch this documentary, but as long as we're plugging, feel free to read Rosenberg's column because I think it's a really good point. If I'm the Big Ten and if I'm college football in general, these rivalry games are so different and so important, and they're important for the fans and the players, and there's all sorts of cool research about, you know, the athlete's testosterone levels and saliva levels. It's different for rivalry games <laughs> than it is for regular games. I mean, these games really – I mean, it's, it's fun. And, you yeah, know, like you said, like – you and I, who don't have any real connection, still will watch them just because they're rivalry games. I mean, I would be really careful not to mess with this. But yeah, I mean, if they if they play no times a year, it's tragedy. But I would say if they play twice a year, that's not great either. Um, if I'm Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, I am really uh, treating these with care because rivalry games are really special.
1: It's a great documentary. It's rivals. It's a docuseries. Tonight, uh, 11 p.m., Big Ten Network. You can watch it. John Wertheim is the executive producer. Also a correspondent for 60 Minutes. John, you got a lot of jobs. But it was great recently to see you sit-down with Dion Sanders while we're talking about college football. That was a cool interview uh, that you guys did. When you talked to Dion. now the question is like, you know, what's he going to do after Jackson State? Did you give it an idea of sort of, what Dion wants to accomplish in college football as a coach beyond just winning, like what does he want to accomplish in college football?
2: I, I think he's really bought in. I mean, I you know, I mean, we we approach these things with skepticism covering sports and covering college sports, and we all know coaches say one thing today and another thing tomorrow. I think this whole HBCU is more than he bargained for. Um, he. Obviously, didn't didn't go to one. He played at Florida State. Ironically, and we get, I don't think we got this in the story, he actually got his college degree for, from Talladega, from an HBCU. So I, I think there's an extra bit of loyalty there. Then obviously, you know, his, his son's the quarterback. He has another son that's on the team. And then his daughter is actually a freshman on the Jackson State basketball team. I think that is a bit of a pull. And, I, you know, I mean, we, we all know how the story goes if we're all scripting this for Hollywood and he builds up this beleaguered program and the funds come in and they get to compete with Alabama and win the big game. I'm not sure that's how the story is going to break, but I'm also not sure that he is just going to hopscotch to the first program that comes along and says, where do you want this? You know, where, where do you want the Brinks truck backed up? Uh, here's, here's $6 million. I mean, I, I think there might still be a few more seasons for Deion and Jackson.
3: By the way, John, I have so many ways to pull you into World Cup or Zach Wilson, because you have... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, where we started. Let's You introduced let's us to both. The, the concept of face-drafting, Zach Wilson's easy on the eyes. Yes. I wonder if he was face-drafted. <laughs> John, uh, <laughs>
1: that was your idea. Yeah.
3: It was, was do so you think good. that's why the Jets, uh, you know, the, the theory is when teams look at quarterbacks and for some reason they draft the good-looking ones or the symmetrical faces? What is it, John? <laughs> um,
2: yeah, exactly. There's this correlation between, the you know, players that objectively rate high at looks but you know the the irony is that um it's not about throwing tight spirals it's tied to leadership qualities and leadership characteristics so um, <laughs> might not, not be zach I, wilson I theory, yeah <laughs> exactly exactly i think our, our theory may uh crumble a little bit on uh, on that dimension
3: you also wrote a book glory days about 1984 and the impact part of it was the impact of that summer olympics i was wondering what your take is on this idea of sports washing and Qatar having now the World Cup and the Live Golf Tournament, can can sports transform basically? The, I don't know where a nation stands among nations.
2: Um, you want my hot take? We have time.
1: You you got T- two and a half what, minutes. <laughs> all right. T-
2: tell me what you think of this. I mean, I don't think a lot of people knew anything about Qatar uh, six months ago, right? They knew it was in the Middle East, and they you know it's, they they knew very little. It's where Al Jazeera was based, not much. What do we know now that, you know, they they strip beer sales uh, 48 hours before the doors open. There's a rough human rights record. There's seven thousand foreign workers that died building their stadiums. And there's some, you know, a- anti LGBT, you, know, you can't wear a rainbow attire. Is, is this really like are, are people? Is, is this really sports washing? is this really uh, sort of using sports to sanitize and to burnish an image? I mean, I, I feel like if the goal of this was to normalize and liberalize and get tourism and diversify the economy, I, I'm not sure this has been a big smash hit for Qatar. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the amount of money that the other countries, Saudi Arabia, for example, I mean, the, the Sochi Olympics, committed to sports, to sort of use sports as this tool of soft power – is astounding, and if you're going to liberalize a country, I suppose sports is a good place to start. But I, I wonder if after this World Cup, this whole idea doesn't get reconsidered because I'm not sure—at least from where I stand—this has done a whole lot to make Qatar look like an appealing place to uh, do business or go on vacation.
1: You know, John, it's so interesting, and I don't want to be like trite about the fact that so many terrible things have happened in Qatar. You mentioned the migrant workers, but it does it all distill down to. A cliche we use all the time, which is all publicity is good publicity. Like you mentioned, the fact that most people were not familiar with Qatar now we are. Just the fact that we are, even if it was not has not been a great introduction, does that mean they've achieved a goal? I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the goal is c- come invest, c- come invest in our economy, and come here, uh, bring your tourism dollars. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, it's also just, um, you know, there, there's there's a price for everything, and t- t- Tiger Woods can't be bought for seven or eight hundred million other players can for a lot less and i mean I, I do think i'm sympathetic to the pga tour where the you know the, the basically said listen I, I can't compete in this playing field if, if you don't care about your P and L statement and if you have this kind of money to throw around it's not a fair fight and it's it's sort of been interesting from you know from fifa to you know, p- pick a name on PGA yeah. Tour, it's sort of been interesting to see who's made the move and who hasn't.
1: John, appreciate this so much. Tonight, Big Ten Network at 11 p.m. You can watch Rivals docu series on Ohio State and Michigan. John, you're the absolute best. Thank you so Aww. much. We'll talk to you soon.
2: It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a good holiday.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours